0: You are listening to The Source Connection Podcast, an ongoing invitation to remember your true infinite nature and embody your unique human expression. By holding space for the kind of conversations that uplift, inform, and unite us, we are here to amplify the field of possibilities and explore the keys to creating the new. Hosted by Liz B. and Tara Long. For more... Check out the sourceconnection.us, Spotify, Odyssey, and YouTube.
1: all right welcome friends. thank you so much for joining us again today. we have a very special guest that we are going to introduce after our tune in. We're here with Tanya Elfersi and we can't wait to talk about what we're going to talk about today. you guys are coming in hot 2023 um, but before we get there let's go ahead and um, just take a minute to come home to ourselves together. <laughs> so if you'd like to close your eyes you
0: can. That is the invitation. If you'd like to sit
1: or lie down, you can do that. If you're in the car or driving or doing something else, just allow yourself the opportunity to slow down in whatever way that you can. Just
0: feeling your nervous system relaxing. Just feeling yourself breathe. Feeling that breath moving in and out of the body. Feeling yourself settle. Mm -hmm. Coming back into your body. Gathering all of yourself. And bringing it right here, right now because we want and we need all of you.
2: So giving yourself
0: permission to show up just as you are without having to fix or change anything because there is nothing to fix. You are not broken. There is nothing wrong. And feeling that deep belly breath, if that's available to you right now. You can even put your hand on your abdomen, on your low belly, and feel it fill up, nourishing you, giving you everything you need in this moment, reminding yourself that you have everything you need right here, right now.
2: There's nothing that's missing. You are whole.
0: Remembering this is the place that you always are and you can always remember. And it only takes two seconds, one second, to remember this wholeness that you are. This perfection that you are. Giving yourself a reset and starting there. And then seeing what comes. But starting there from the truth. From your own wholeness. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for taking these moments together. They really are so much more powerful than we can ever know with our minds. So giving yourself some gratitude today for doing that. And then when you're ready, you can uh, open your eyes if they were closed and just move the body and take what you need.
1: So... Thanks again, everyone, for being here. We're here with Tanya today. And Tanya reached out to us on um, a Telegram channel that Liz and I are over on uh, doing some mentor sessions and supporting the community there. And it's such a pleasure, such an honor. And um, Tanya reached out to us and said, hey, guys, you know, I have this amazing book that I just wrote. It's called The Wiser Woman's Guide to Perimenopause and Menopause. And we're going to talk all about that today because this is a story that needs to be rewritten. (laughs) But I want to just say a little bit about Tanya before we start. She's a a transformative coach, speaker, educator, so much more, Um, a wife, a mother. Uh, Originally born in London, lived in Paris in the 11th for a little while, and I lived in the 13th. So that's something that we could talk about. Um, And one thing that I just want to say that that is so our motto here at the Source Connection, and it so resonated. And I read it on your bio you said, You're no longer surprised by the power of simple. And I just thought, Ha, so beautiful and so aligned with us. So, Tanya, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today with us. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah. So we'd love to hear if there's anything you'd like to add to that introduction. Um, you can start with that and then just tell us how you, how you got here to this moment with us today. And, and you're just a little bit about your journey, whatever you'd like to share.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm today 53. Um, I mean, not today. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday. <Yeah>. No.
1: <laughs> um
3: but my journey into this area started 10 years ago uh, when I was 43 and I had no idea, wasn't thinking about perimenopause, never heard of the word perimenopause, certainly thought menopause was a decade away, who had time to think about that? My kids were younger, I was just dealing with them, juggling being a mom of three. And, um, I had another book at the time that I was promoting about motherhood, et cetera, and trying to get it all together. And, um, I started to get symptoms and it started with, um, just feeling sick <laughs> very often, uh, just, you know, having the odd fever. And then there was some hair loss and then there were frequent migraines and then there were skin problems. And then I realized, yeah, that my moods were all over the place. And later I could track that as sort of two weeks of PMS um, every single month. And, and also night sweats. And I sort of ran between acupuncture to some herbal remedies, to potions, to creams, trying to sort out <laughs> each Symptom individually. And then I heard on a webinar, I heard Dr. Christian Northrop actually say, Oh, many women in their 40s um, feel like they they have PMS on steroids. And I was like, oh, PMS on steroids? That sounds like my life. What is that? And that was the first time I'd heard about perimenopause. And I immediately contacted all my 40 something friends and I was like, what well, do you know? Do you know the way, you know, the change it takes, it doesn't happen instantly, which for some reason I thought it did. Um, You know, I just thought that's it. We get to a point, the periods stop and you know, and then we're in menopause. Um, it takes, it takes a while. And no one around me seemed to know anything about it. And lots of women were experiencing symptoms. And I thought that I had a good knowledge of women's health and so I thought, well, this is interesting. And I started researching and trying to understand what could be creating the symptoms and obviously what could heal them for me, um, feeling very much not like myself and just wanting to feel like myself again. And everywhere I looked, there was the hormone story it's your hormones. And if you just fix your hormones, then you will be back. And if you just fix your hormones, all your symptoms will go away. And if you just fix your hormones, then there are all these other health benefits that you're going to enjoy. And I was just like, that just doesn't make sense. Why would my body, that had got me from birth to where I was then, and in my case, mother of three as well, three natural births, and it knew how to do all of that, but it didn't know how to get me through menopause? Like, why <laughs> would that make any sense? And as I write in the book, there's only ever one reason that doctors, celebrities, media people, that they ever give. And that's what, oh, because this is new territory and we never used to live this long. (laughs) And that is total and utter nonsense. Yes. Women have always lived beyond menopause, and we can find references as I offer them in the book, and yep. I offer reference from the Bible, from the second century, from the 12th century. And yes, women aren't often written in history, and women's life cycles weren't, you know, a great interest to the people who were writing medical books. But where menopause women were mentioned, they weren't mentioned as freaks of nature. And we know that. Average life cycle expectancy increases over the ages as child mortality, which was really horrific, decreases over the ages and it's not because women used to get to forty and then just drop dead. no, so we've always lived through <laughs> menopause so then what you know I was like, well, what could it be you know what what's going on? I, you know if I think my body is brilliant, mm. why would it, why would I be experiencing all these symptoms and For me, I came across an understanding of um, the human experience, known as the three principles, that helped me understand how I was innocently creating a huge amount of stress in my life by taking my thinking seriously. Mm. And for me, that looked like the thought of I'm not enough floating through my head, and because it was in my head, I thought it was true and I started taking it seriously and then I used to feel bad and then I used to feel bad that I'm not enough and I can't do what I'm supposed to be doing in my business and I feel like overwhelmed in motherhood and all this is going on and no one else is telling me I'm not enough. But that was the feeling that I carried with me. And because I felt bad, then I thought, well, there must be things I need to do. And so I was busy as well as going to all these treatments, you know. Writing in a journal or trying to meditate or trying to say affirmations, and pretty much failing in all of that because I still didn't feel better, So then it made me feel even worse. And then going back to <laughs> your introduction, I realized the simplicity of it all, and I realized, oh, just because there's a thought in my head, I don't need to take it seriously. And life would probably be easy if I didn't. And when I really saw that, which came in an insight. It had a profound impact on me. And within days, all of my symptoms, emotional and physical, cleared up. And at the time, I had a feeling that I've seen something and I thought, oh, I think I'm not going to have PMS, but all my symptoms cleared up. And so I was like, well, that's interesting. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I don't know what's just happened. How is it? I'm not having any symptoms. I feel really good. And with time, I got to understand, oh, yeah, that's quite extraordinary. And and I should uh, be sharing um, what I've seen. And that was back in 2015. And so I set off on a journey quietly at first because I knew how crazy that would sound. What do you mean? It's (laughs) not your hormones. What do you mean? You can have an insight and all your symptoms, you know, disappear. But I started sharing it. And, And so since then, I've been helping women go through uh, perimenopause and menopause in a very different way with a very much more lighter, empowered experience um, By through this understanding of how we innocently create stress, but also really tuning into the brilliance of um, a woman's body and really understanding that our body loves us. Of course, it doesn't want us to suffer. Of course, there's wisdom behind even every single symptom mm. and really helping women heal the symptoms themselves. Mm. Thank you
4: for doing that. Thank you for sharing that. And just to drill down um, the three principles of innate health and the idea that mind thought and consciousness are creating the experience that we're having here and so touching into that the subtlety of that and um seeing the results in your body and just all of it yeah it it can be hard for some folks to touch upon but we're all about so let's explore that (laughs) and in your book um you talked about couple times where you're either given a talk or a post of yours was shared in a Facebook group and that stirred up a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to link that up with the cake story you tell in the book. So maybe we could tell folks the cake story because I thought it was a genius way in a very neutral way of expressing this kind of play and how it goes. Um, and you talked about how, um, In those instances, a lot of stuff was brought up and you would have the choice in every moment, how do I interact right, with this feeling that's emerging or this discomfort or whatever that is? Because not everybody was happy to hear or read what you had to say because it was going head to head with a bunch of ideas and maybe preconceived notions that people just absorb and think that's what is true or right without really exploring them. So maybe you could go into the cake story briefly and talk about um that cuz I thought that was just so beautiful.
3: <laughs> okay. okay. So um before we get to the cake there's this we grow up with an idea that it's something out there that's making us feel bad and So for me, it could be, you know, how my business was going at the time. So, oh, it's that that makes me feel bad. And it's the same in the hormonal story. We sort of package this idea that there are these hormones that are running detached from universal intelligence. (laughs) And those things are making me feel bad. Mm. And it's innocent, as I said, but it's like pushing a responsibility to the outside and saying, oh, no, it's not anything that's going on within. Everything that's that I'm experiencing is because of these circumstances out there. Mm. And so I use a, an idea of a chocolate cake to show how this could play out. So um, if we put a chocolate cake in the centre of a circle of 10 women, it's quite possible that each woman will have a different experience of the chocolate cake and so it could go from oh there's chocolate cake yes or no I'll have some and that's a neutral experience I have nothing on it not having any you know great story attached to it so that could be one woman having that experience and then there'll be another woman who could possibly have the experience of oh it's chocolate cake oh I don't know how many how many calories have I had today am I allowed chocolate cake I don't know etc then there could be someone else I've had such a bad day I deserve a piece of that chocolate cake and it could be another one saying I wonder what ingredients she puts in the chocolate cake because <laughs> if she doesn't use organic baking powder there's going to be aluminium I don't want that and there could be another woman who there how much caffeine is in the cocoa in the chocolate cake. And if I eat that cake, I'm not going to be able to sleep. And so I give these examples to show that it's just a simple chocolate cake and we could all be sitting around in a circle and having our own experience of the chocolate cake, a different experience, creating our own reality. And from those thoughts, if we begin to take them seriously, about you know another one because why is she bringing out chocolate cake why isn't she serving fruit why is it, you know <laughs> the, what what does that create that creates like this sense of constriction someone's attacking me mm-hmm. the chocolate cake the maker of the chocolate cake and now <laughs> i'm having this experience but i could also have a completely different experience of the chocolate cake just like that with new thinking that could come in that just says hey it's a chocolate cake sure I'm up for it I'll I'll eat it and I'll love it you know and where is our truth in that Mm. and I point out in the book you know so often we go after the the bad feeling and then start analyzing oh yeah how much caffeine is in the chocolate cake and what happens if I don't sleep and what have I got tomorrow and it comes with this Mm. flavor of feeling but we get caught up in it believing that's true whereas There's always a different experience to be had of everything, including chocolate cake, and it comes with a different flavor of feeling. And there it's much more interesting to look for our truth there in the lightness. So, yeah, so bringing it back also to what you were saying about the different experiences that I've had, showing up, sharing my work in talks online and challenging this dominant narrative that a lot of women like to hold on to because then it's like well I can keep on blaming my hormones it's not about me it's those crazy things out there so everyone can have a different experience of their hormones so my experience of my hormones is like well they're part of my innate intelligence why would I want to hate on them why would I want to put them down why would I want to try and fix them it's all part of what's going on in this brilliant body. And another woman is like, no, they're malfunctioning. They need to be fixed.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We have, you know, it was just different experiences through our thinking. And so when I come along and I point to, perhaps we could drop the hormone story. Perhaps it's not what we've been told. Perhaps there's a more empowering, more loving way that we can journey through perimenopause and menopause without this sense that we need to fix ourselves. For many women, it feels like I've just pulled the rock from under their feet because they've been holding on to that hormone story and I'm pointing in a different direction. But not all women. So there are women that get that sense of, oh, and then they attack. And there are women who listen to what I'm saying. And for them, for whatever reason, it makes sense. And it's not about what I'm saying, yeah? It's about their experience of thinking of what I'm saying. And so... Often my work creates these. Um, well, for some women, it will be neutral, but often, like, women are like, oh my God, I love what you're saying because so few people are talking like that. Whereas others are like, how dare you? You're dangerous. And, mm. and of course, yeah. we need to listen to this dominant narrative of the hormones. So, yeah. Mm.
1: I love that story about the cake. And it, I mean, we could really, you know, anytime we're faced with something like that. We can learn so much about ourselves just by paying attention to what, how are we showing up with that? Like, oh, wow, we can learn so much, right? Like the woman who is what is scared about the caffeine versus the woman who's, you know, looking at the ingredients and like, it's just, it's so telling. And I just, I'm wondering, um, Tanya, you talk a lot about in the book about like, you know, really it's just, let's start with slowing down right? Okay. All these things are happening. You're having all these symptoms. So if we just slow down and listen, right, there could be a number of things or just one thing that comes up first. That's like, okay, let's start here. Let's look at this. So what do you find in the, in the women that you're working with now? And, and before we get to that, I just want to invite our listeners, our beautiful women and maybe men who are listening right now, to ask yourself, you know, if you are in this situation or in the position where you're like, oh, my hormones are doing this or that, like, what is it, what what comes up for you when you're offered a different story, when the invitation is what else is possible here? And it's, and you're taking um, your power back. So how does that feel for you? So I just want, if you're listening, just to tune into that um, and just stay with us. Um, but Tanya, what do you notice um, for women like some main things that come up for them um, that they that they're looking at like some themes of course everybody's unique and different um, but if you'll yeah share that. so
3: if we understand menopause has a, a wonderful brilliant transition to a, a rite of passage actually mm. to becoming an elder rather than what society tells us which is Downhill from now on, you know, at at a time (laughs) (laughs) when you're going to feel terrible and then you're going to go on to chronic disease. You know, that's the main narrative fear, fear, fear. But if we come back into our body and we say, okay, if I respect this body and I love this body, what can this transition be telling me? And I think that it is essentially a sensitive time in a woman's life to help her get into the position to age. In good health and well-being, and I compare it often to adolescence, pregnancy, postpartum, and then we have the menopausal change time. And in each period of that of our life cycle, those times are sensitive times for a reason. So, for example, if women have uh, been pregnant, they may remember that if they were living a life that wasn't in balance very quickly their body started speaking to them and luckily most of the time for pregnant women if you would go and see a doctor and you had symptoms that were making you feel uncomfortable the doctor wouldn't actually say oh it's your crazy hormones the doctor may actually ask you well how much are you working are you working too hard are you stressed at work how is your sleep Are you eating? Are you getting vitamins and minerals, et cetera, et cetera? So there is this idea that pregnancy is a sensitive time. But at Mm. other times of change, we don't give women that respect. Mm. So women often come literally crashing into midlife, juggling Mm. so many things. And for some women, it may be that their diet is totally, you know, rubbish and they know that and and it's very easy to say oh no no it's just my hormones you know if you could just give me that medicine please then I wouldn't have to look at my diet and for some women they know they just don't move enough and so even women who I've spoken to they say I just started walking and even with that I felt a little bit better but the women who I'm working with they've often cleaned up their diet gone exercising, um, you know, trying to be a bit more outdoors, etc. And they're still having symptoms because they have a misunderstanding of their experience and of how they are innocently. And I use that term a lot because it's really important. We don't yes. do it on purpose. We innocently yes. create stress in our lives by not understanding how the system works. Mm-hmm. So um, women come with really all kinds of symptoms. And it's amazing that, you know, the female hormone estrogen is blamed for these days i think it's like 30 35 symptoms all of that because of you know women's hormones it's responsible for all of that but they can have the obvious the traditional night sweats hot flushes migraines skin problems for some women they have a sensitivity in their stomach and so they've often had like IBS when they're a teenager or often when they're pregnant and that flares up again or other symptoms that they had flare you know flaring up maybe in times of change in the past start flaring up again um there's a lot of anxiety and depression and mood swings in general and there's all kinds of symptoms and in different women it just plays out differently but when we come into this understanding and realize, oh, it's actually not the circumstances that I'm blaming for anything. You know, often I hear women say, oh yeah, I would like to clean up my symptoms and I would like to maybe, you know, listen to you more, but my work is so stressful and I just can't, you know, I, I just can't, <laughs> yeah. so I just need right now the the fix right now. Yeah. And okay, that will be her journey. But there's so often there's things in our life that we haven't tended to, or, as I like to say, it's like undernourished. And this is a really good time to look at those things because maybe in our 20s and 30s, we could get away with a life a little bit out of balance or a lot out of balance. And for some of us, you, you know, the body wouldn't talk to us too much and it would just sort of like let us get on and one day you'll see what that means. But come our 40s, and for some women, it's even late 30s, you know, come midlife, it the body really starts talking to us and saying, "Oh, no, 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 no! You're not going to keep on on that life of stress, or on that crappy diet, or on that no movement uh, lifestyle that you have. We're going to shake things up so that you learn to age in good health. Because you know there is this idea of, oh, chronic diseases they increase in midlife on. That's not, yeah, no, that's thank That's not a part of our design." That's because if we come to midlife and we're not waking up to where good health lies, then yeah, maybe the discomfort moves mm. on to dis-ease. But that's still uh wisdom coming through the body, trying to wake us up and trying to get us to come back to the path of nature where really, you know, there there, there lies our innate health.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm. You mentioned in the book,
4: nature wants us healthy, thriving elders. And mm-hmm. what a beautiful to stop and do that reset, right? Of just like taking inventory and going, oh, all right, yeah, done that. But then the accumulation of all of those things throughout the years and then nature, meaning however you want to call that, wanting you to thrive as things start to shift and change. And you also mentioned that's the calling of the wise woman, right? In women, like asking them to, all right, it's a new season. It's not, And you mentioned, I, I love words, and you mentioned the Japanese word, um, kōkenki. Konenki, yeah. Konenki. Yes, in um, code, the renewal and regeneration, Ning the year and the years and key or Qi, right? The season and the energy. And what a beautiful way to represent this transitional period and this new season. I just think it's so beautifully um, crafted and what a beautiful symbology of that. <clears throat> and so how did you go about even before this period in your life of this how did you come about this understanding of the body that the body was supporting you and there was this communication so symptoms didn't mean that everything was falling apart but it was the body saying hey maybe that's not working for me right and also how did you come about loosening the grip on the thoughts and the perceptions of yeah. oh yeah thinking this this must be true i often tell my little one, like, you don't have to believe everything you think. Right. right. Just having that. So I'm curious, in your journey, how did that come about?
3: Yeah. So um, just to go back to that, Konenki, and the way that Japanese understand midlife change, how different is that yes. to the way in the West, right? We don't have any terms that offer some kind of respect for this period of change, that offer us anything to look forward to. Um, and again it's like the relationship with the body the whole narrative is midlife on oh no, there it's downhill you're just going to get symptoms you need to be searching for disease you need to be checking out you know having all these tests and checks etc etc so it creates this whole experience of midlife change that's so off um, the path so in terms of my body I just Um, I guess I was just lucky in that I grew up with the respect for the body and I grew up, my mum used to uh, be much more on the natural side and we weren't rushing to the doctors all the time and she was making, you know, food at home and yoghurt and bread and all this stuff. So that was sort of within me. And so I didn't really grow up with the idea of um, there's a symptom immediately crush it you know it was sort mm-hmm. of like a more gentler we've got time let's let it go through let's let any symptoms go through the body um sense of things and so that helped me and then also as I mentioned in the book you know having three kids and natural pregnancies, natural birth and having that experience and then breastfeeding them is such an empowering experience and makes you see the body as miraculous. Mm. So that gave me a really good grounding in oh, there's there is wonder in the body. So I'm yeah. I'm not gonna just like have believed that <laughs> all that time, and then come to midlife and go, the wonder just disappeared, I just decided <laughs> to go away. You know? there wasn't that just didn't fit with, with me. Yeah. Um and then in terms of um what I saw about thought. I guess I'd just been on a journey um, of trying to understand more about the human experience. And I I'd read Tolle and My Boy Singer and and you know and, and being sort of captured by that idea of the observer and the you know and the thoughts and, and if we're not our thoughts, then who are, are we, etc.? And so when I came across the three principles of innate health, then it just landed very quickly with me and very simply and then it just all made sense mm-hmm. and and then also seeing the body's wisdom through everything that you experience in the body and that includes feelings and very often as I as I explained the beginning you know we go around thinking oh I have a bad feeling so there's truth in that and that's actually not true but you need to play with that idea in order to see that it's not true so I've actually been running an experiment and seeing you know for every time that I feel uptight about something and stressed about something you know is it true does it turn out to be true or is that a made-up story that I'm holding on to and it's it's never true like these made up stories yeah. that create stress for us are never true. But when we settle down and, you know, we can I can still have stormy thinking, right? I can still see something, go, oh, oh this, this is making me angry. You know, <laughs> this thing out there, that must yeah. be what's making me feel bad rather than my thinking about whatever is out there. Um, so I can still have that experience, but very quickly, like I will calm down And then a different thought will come about. And I remember, oh, I I know that there's a different experience to be had of everything. And it's just, I don't have to know what that experience is because it comes by itself. So it's very different from, for example, thinking I need to have positive thought because if I if I say you know I need to have the positive thoughts, then I'm having a lot of thinking about having positive thoughts, <laughs> and so that creates a storm already on a storm. So if I'm in a bad mood and I'm like, oh no, this isn't good, this isn't good, I need to think, I need to think of something else, I need to think of something positive, I need to cheer up, I need to. So there's a storm going on here, and I'm creating another storm on top, and that just keeps me in a in a low mood. It keeps me in insecure thinking. Whereas when I understand the way the system works, it's simple. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go and chase for the thought that I want to put into my head instead of this thought that's bringing me down. No, I just calm down, and I know that naturally the system works in the way that it does. Mm. Fresh thinking comes in, and we have a different experience, yeah. and and it all comes from within. It all comes from this innate ability to bounce back from any amount of insecure thinking and low mood. We can just relax, come back into ourselves, come back into the now, feel grounded, whatever we want to do. And the experience starts to change without any circumstances changing. And I know that listeners have had that experience. You know, it can be, for example, uh, if someone's lost a job. You know, let so say someone lost a job five years ago. And probably at the time, like, this is, disaster. you know, what am I going to do? And I'm never going to find another job, et cetera. And then time goes on and we realise, oh, no, that story was made up. Here I am doing, you know, something that I love much more. Um, and, and it's always, you know, the stories that we make up, we take seriously. It makes us feel bad. But when we think we need to hang around in that feeling, we don't. We can just lighten up and wait for a different experience to come through yeah
1: wow yeah it's so simple and so powerful you know just and and it's really self-trust isn't it it's just trusting just like we trust that the body knows what it's doing and to allow that experience to unfold that we can just trust that yeah a different experience will come if we just come back to center whatever that is for us um, and. Um you know, and I just want to also um go back to this idea of aging and having all these checkups, right? Because that's what we hear in our society, right? Oh, you're 40. Now you gotta get especially for women, now you gotta get this and this and this, you know, and you get your mammograms and your paps and you know, all these things. And then once you're 50, it's the colonoscopy. You know, I mean it's just like this endless. story and idea that we're breaking down already, you know, and it's just, oh, I love that we're having this conversation to totally change that story because of course not. I mean, we have potentially the ability to live for hundreds of years, maybe, you know, if we didn't have these stories and what else is possible is, and I talk about that here all the time. Um, so I want to I wanna ask you, um, Tanya, because this is a, a huge topic when we talk about menopause and perimenopause, well, menopause mostly, and um, how women are really conditioned to believe that, okay, so, like we've been talking about something's wrong, your hormones are off, we have to give you some replacement, right? The HRT, the hormone replacement therapy. So if we can just kind of delve into that whole, I know there's a lot of different aspects to that, but just lead us through that a little bit what's going on there so it's really
3: useful i think to look back at history um in the last century and see where those ideas came from so you know the ideas of women's hormones have been around you know just over 100 years and and if you if you take a misogynistic view of women and you think oh she reaches menopause then what is she useful for Like, why would she, you know, why would she continue to exist? You know, this was this, you know, there are still, you know, scientists who think like that, who say, well, what what is that about? Um, You know, why would she be around if she's not fertile? So there's this misogynistic view of women. And then they get this idea of, oh, yeah, you know, her hormones, her ovaries aren't, you know, producing the amount of hormones they used to be. And that can't be right because, There can't be any other concept of woman apart from woman in reproductive cycles. You know, that's that's where it comes from. So if we didn't even talk about the woman in terms of hormones but talked about it in terms of energy, for example – would be a much more interesting conversation. She has this kind of energy at that stage of life, and then there's a different kind of energy of transformation. And there's the energy of an elder. And it's a gain; It's not a loss. But they've created this whole story of loss using the hormone story because they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, women surely need hormones to stay as they were when they are in their 30s. -hmm. No, women don't. We mm-hmm. need to graduate to elders because that's not only the way that they're designed, but that's what society needs. Society doesn't need us not changing, not gaining any wisdom, staying the mm-hmm. same as we were, you know, throughout 20s and 30s and not changing. But there came along this idea, oh, then it must be the hormones. And so it came to be, oh, surely women want to be you know, what they called in the 1960s because of a very famous book, Feminine Forever, which became this best-selling book written by this American gynecologist. And <laughs> and he, in that book, really popularized the idea of there's this wonder pill, he called it, which back then was just estrogen therapy. And you just take it and it's going to clear up all your symptoms and it's going to make sure you don't get any diseases as you age. Mm. It's all going to be wonderful. And he literally made it all up. There was no science (laughs) whatsoever. behind any this. of it but it all fit into this idea this misogynistic idea and he calls women like cast- menopause. women like castrates and uh, and you know <laughs> decaying and so you read it today and I have a copy of my bookshelf but you read it today and you're like oh my god but wow. that's where it comes from that's yeah. where the idea comes from the menopausal woman is a decaying woman she's castrated mm-hmm. we need to make sure she remains this feminine forever you know uh mm-hmm. um, example of woman that we saw her in her 20s or 30s and so of, so they bring in this idea of the replacement of hormones to yeah. fit into let's keep women unchanged um because that has to be the best way for them yeah. um and like i said they just pulled in all this idea of oh yeah it will you know reduce your risk of chronic disease and cure up all the symptoms and then already in the 1970s right from actually before that time there were doctors saying that just doesn't sound right like why would we be giving healthy women hormones for you know over a long time that doesn't sound like it's going to be a good idea and then comes to uh, the 1970s and research comes out that there's a big increase in endometrial cancer which is a cancer Mm -hmm. of the lining of the uterus and so without doing any research Once again, they're like, oh, we just need to add progesterone and then we will protect the uterus and everything will be fine. Don't worry. So they come out with this combined hormone therapy and say this is what women need. And again, they don't do any solid research, no large randomized controlled trials, and they're not done until the 1990s. And in the 1990s, trials um, stopped being done. And in 2002, the Women's Health Initiative is halted because they realised that combined hormone therapy is increasing the risk of all kinds of um, conditions and diseases. And that sent the industry into shock. And then what we see over the last 20 years is sort of like the pharmaceutical companies sort of gathering together again and trying to come out with a new idea and a new idea and a new idea. Um, But it's all, again, based on this idea of the woman is decaying give her hormones to, to replace it. And there is no sense of, could it be that as a society, we don't value this period of transformation. We don't okay. nourish women, give them what they need. You know, it's, uh, when women are trying, running to try and have it all as it were, um, you know, perhaps that isn't suitable for them. And so today, for example, we have all these, um, I'm talking about the situation, particularly in the UK, we have like celebrities coming out and going, I was in this big media career and then I got all these symptoms and I thought I was falling apart and I thought I was getting Alzheimer's and I thought, and then I got HRT and it's so amazing and it saved me. And there's no discussion whatsoever about, well, what was going on in your career? Like, was that suitable for this time of change when we really need to go within, slow down, listen to what our body needs? Um, etc etc and I'm not saying oh that means come to midlife leave your big careers no but I'm saying is it that the woman's body malfunction or malfunctions or is it because as a society we're malfunctioning and we're not holding space for women's life cycles and so rather than you know getting on this bandwagon HRT HRT that's what a woman needs what does a woman need Mm. she needs good health and it's just not rocket science it we don't need to go into that what the computer says your hormone levels are at this time and this day etc etc no there's a nature's path there's a design and we're designed to go through menopause and we're not supposed to come out of menopause feeling actually the same as when we went in we're supposed to come out as a wiser woman as i see it so you give women these hormones and all you're actually doing is tricking the body into the body believing oh we're not at a sensitive time so i'm not going to you know uh, create a little um awakening period for the woman no oh I, we, we're just in this time of no you know no change right now and it's just symptom suppression symptom suppression yeah. and actually for a lot of women they come off hormone therapy after what what now is now being challenged again, but was was until recently considered, you know, a maximum time of seven years. And a lot of them get their symptoms back because then and all they've done is delayed what their body wants them, you know, to wake up to. And so they've delayed that sort of awakening process. But, you know, it was all about symptom suppression and that fits in very well with, you know, a lot of ways that we treat conditions and symptoms etc we don't look at lifestyle we just say okay take this medicine and suppress the symptoms suppress symptoms and just go on you know carry on as if nothing in your life could possibly be out of balance
2: yeah
3: Mm. I have
4: so much to say I'm trying to gather (laughs) (laughs) over just the trauma that we just that concept alone and how How damaging, right? That concept can be for a whole society of like you're decaying. It's like a thing that's just like, ugh. And then we hide our elders in Western society. We don't see elders, right? They're not enmeshed in living. We've isolated the families. There's so much to talk about in so many ways. And then to be faced again with this, war mentality, it's anti-this, it's anti-that. We cannot allow for the natural process to take place, which is the evocation of the natural of the divine intelligence. And then our emotional growth gets stunted. So we have women who want to be young forever and don't mature into that wise elder, right? And then it stunts the whole growth of everyone because we're all together and we're all enmeshed. And so with the intent to just really make this moment one of a conditioning breaking of a moment where we rip the shackles off all of these ideas that have been so ingrained in us and a lot of people have never thought, wait a minute, what does that mean? and then again to be faced with this pharmaceutical grip on every level of our society that gets to dictate this model of suppressing nature rather than supporting nature so this is just a moment of recognition that here now we're breaking the shackles and we're letting those things go and we are opening ourselves up that maybe this new chocolate cake that just appeared in front of us <laughs> <laughs> thing that we could actually eat right now yeah (laughs) so much to say so much to say I am so glad that you wrote this book and I want to tell our listeners listeners that I fully endorse this book it's simple concise straightforward it's not filled with fluff which I really appreciate how many times I've read something where I'm just like, oh my God, just get to the point. Like there is a time for a story for a something and just to kind of amplify the vision or the concept. But this book is so well-written. Tanya's book is beautiful. The way she laid it out is so, it's so beautiful. And I want to tell our listeners the chapters, it's creation, departure. She's calling you trust, promise, sovereignty, and love. And going from that creation to love, which is the way back and forth, right? Which is where everything originates and comes from and goes to die. And just this deep, deep trust that we do have everything that we need. And you laid it out. It's just so beautiful. (laughs) about the book is the space in between things. There's space. There's actually open blank pages. And if anyone has gone to my Instagram, I do, yeah, I do like, white posts where i just say just pause and take a breath right just peace just be still like and it was so beautiful to see that in a book i really appreciated that space to just uh, just take another breath and let that sip in right so your book is beautifully crafted and I'm so glad that you reached out and you infused us with this remembrance and I really hope that our listeners I've already actually sent your website to some women in my life. I said we're interviewing her soon. it's not out yet, but just start to like get into this different frequency, you know, just start tuning into a different radio station of what's possible, and again, with that mind thing that you said, right? there's always a different experience available. It's a choice, so um yeah, this war. Mentality that there's something that you need to fight for, or that's fighting inside of you, and all of that. And we're just really letting those stories go, we're really coming forth with a new understanding of ourselves, of ourselves as nature, of nature itself. And I'm so glad that we're here broadcasting this. I had to say all of this because everything that you were speaking. Yeah. About, <laughs> how do I put all of this into words? What do I talk about first? So I don't even, there's no question there. Maybe Tara has a question. Maybe you have
3: can one. I just come back on that? Cause I love yes. that you've picked up on um, a few things in the book. First of all, um, the chapter titles, because for many women, they want a book on menopause. It's like, well, how do I deal with the night, you know, the night swings? And what about the, uh, you know, what about the mood swings? And what about this? And can you give me tools to do that? And, keep... and luckily we don't need, to approach our symptoms in that way because yeah. the symptoms are not detached from innate intelligence. And so I'm able to offer these themes that you you know you read in terms of the chapter titles because it makes so much more sense when we understand the body as an intelligent wonder, you know this miraculous divine uh, existence you know part of existence and it's you know we don't need to cut it up into parts. We don't need to attack it, like you said, in in the war war mentality. And I'm so happy that you picked up on the space because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to give women space to think about our experiences through midlife change differently because – When we're in the war mentality, it's like, Oh, I've got these symptoms. I need to go to the doctor. What does the computer say about my hormones? Where is my prescription? Oh, that doctor's not going to give it to me. I'm going to go to another doctor and I'm going to, and it's just like, that's how menopause looks, unfortunately, for so many women. Um, and there's, there is a different experience to be had and it's nature calling us into this different experience. It's calling us to give ourselves space to slow down, to take a look at our lives at what we where we can you know make really simple changes and have huge leaps in sort of the sense of our well-being so thank you for for picking up on that yeah yeah Um, so pleased it went through (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, I get um, I get this vision, you know, the status quo of menopause, well, and so many things in life, of you know those um, those like murder boards where it's just like this thread to here, and it's all like chaotic, and you're like what am I looking at? What's going on? You know, it's so complex, and and we've been conditioned to believe that it has to be complex in order for it to work, right? There has to be all these different pieces and parts in order for us to somehow find the answer in that chaos but what we're doing and what we're doing here and what Tanya does so beautifully in her book, and it's just erase the whole thing, just get rid of all of it. And it's a blank space. And then, and then we can have, um, if we want these beautiful things, I think it's upside down, but this one just says, the sun cannot be touched by the weather. And it's just a beautiful little drawing of the sun. And that's leading us into, um, I think it's the chapter. She's calling.
0: Mm-hmm. She's
1: calling. Who's calling? you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, just back to that simplicity and oh yeah, it's just it's so beautiful. I love I love this conversation and um Tanya, I want to end with um what do you see what are you most excited about in these times as we're as we know we're shifting into or we're already in the new, right? That's what yeah. we're all here doing and co-creating as we have this conversation. So, what most excites you about that? And I also want to know what you were doing in the 11th if you want to share.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um in the eleventh well, let's start with the 11th on this okay. mo- I was teaching English actually oh. <laughs> After, yeah, I finished um a degree in the uk and then i I well I have you know French in my uh, lineage um I'm half Moroccan so um and so I really wanted to improve my French and so I went over to uh Paris and uh hung out there. <laughs> nice. and got my french really good but now you know, I
1: know.
3: yes i know and so let's yeah. not speak in french
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exchange some experiences oh, come on.
3: <laughs> um so after the 11th um what was your other question oh what am i most excited about yes um i yeah i see that we're already you know creating an amazing new sense of um Health and well being and community. And this whole um, vision of what a woman's body, you know, what a woman's body is, as opposed to the medical version of a woman's body, is just going to blossom more and more. And we're just going to, you know, tear down all these old misogynistic ideas about the malfunctioning female body that needs to be suppressed and controlled rather than women learning to listen for inside for this wisdom and just as we've seen um in the whole system as the system is indeed uh, collapsing there are these last attempts you know coming out i uh, we spoke before a little bit about you know in the in the UK you know they're really going back to the 1960s and and I think it's coming to North America too um you know try really trying to to get back they're like oh here's an opportunity let's get all women onto hormones (laughs) but there'll be more more women awake to something else to awake to wait a minute that just doesn't make sense like that why would my body just start malfunctioning, you know, in, in my 40s? And, and as more people have a more holistic understanding of health, have a more um, respect and loving relationship with their body and, and a new idea of symptoms that's actually, you know, grounded in an older idea of symptoms, but an idea that we don't need to wage war on symptoms. We don't need to live a life in in this the idea of suppressing symptoms all the time, but we can listen in and learn from our bodies and let them guide us forward. And it's not only, you know, menopause is no different in that way from the way that we can view health. So as more people really gather this wisdom of, again, a holistic understanding of health, I really hope that that's going to help more women go through midlife change in a very different way and embrace that time for what it is, which is a really transformative and empowering time that's designed to change us because that's where we're going to be able to help humanity as we as we come through as wiser elders. So
2: yeah.
1: It is done. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And where can we find you real quick? Yeah, Tanya. Yeah, the easiest way is on
3: my website, thewiserwoman.com. And just so everyone knows, that's not me. It's the wiser woman is in every single woman. And when we come to midlife, she really comes to the surface and wants to be found. She wants to be heard. And so it's about this journey for all of us moving through change, listening and finding the wiser woman within. So my website, thewiserwoman.com. You can also look me up on Facebook or Twitter um, under my name, Daniel Fersi. So, yes. Mm
4: -hmm. Beautiful. I just to round that up really quickly with, I don't know if any of you ladies have heard, and we won't go into it, but just as a note for our men listening, that now there is testosterone replacement therapy, TRT. And um, so the invitation is for you to also consider all of that we spoke about in relation to that. So, yes, the choice is always yours. The unfolding of those choices <clears throat> are yours. And um, yeah, if you want to tune into the frequency of how do I support myself? How do I support what's coming through and trusting what's coming through? It's always available to you. Thank you, Tanya, for being here. Thank you, Tanya. Oh, great
2: to Thank <laughs> you.